everyone. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Christy. And I'm Grace. And you're listening to the Thanks Mom Podcast. So glad to be back here and recording today on this beautiful, I don't know, mid-60s-ish day, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. Still been pretty nice. I guess spring day, I should say that. That's what I should say. So anyway, I'm just glad to be here and can't believe Grace that what you have like three weeks left now. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Two, weeks, two weeks and then a finals week, I think. And then you yeah, I have two weeks of classes and a finals week. I've been, once I get antsy towards the end of the year, I always do a class countdown. So I know how many of each class I've left. So oh, I, started wow. about two, I started that about two weeks ago. I started it right before Easter break because the week of Holy Week, I was really ready to just be home. And I was like, okay, I think this is about the time that I can write my countdown. And so, but now everything is even because I only have my night classes done because it's a weird schedule. I'm done with band because I have my concert this week. So I got to delete those from the list this week. Um, So I just have four of each class left because my other three classes besides my night class, I meet twice a week. So I was like, there you go. Two weeks of classes left. They all say four. And so that was weird because it finally evened out because it was all uneven because I didn't have class on monday for easter so it was like a, everything was getting smaller and smaller but it was uneven but now it's all evened out so it's kind That's of funny yeah the weird thing so not weird thing the funny thing so a funny story about that and countdowns is um like i was in my husband and i are taking over altar serving for our parish and so i was in doing a little intro for one of the classes this week and their teacher has like how many days to the end of school left. And it made me think about now when you say that about your countdowns that um, Ava, so Grace and my middle daughter, Ava used to share a bedroom and Grace got in this habit. I don't know where it came from. Like I never thought of it, how I think we started doing it more during COVID where white whiteboard markers, you can write on glass and just wipe them off. Okay. And we would do that a lot during the lockdown and do like Pictionary or different fun games on the door wall as a family and different things, you know, you could stand up there and rotate in and whatever. So, and they would do that on their mirrors. They shared a bedroom a while back in the basement and they do it on their mirrors. Well, now we've rearranged the rooms again and Ava is upstairs. So she has, I mean, they all had a window, but I guess upstairs is different because she started doing this countdown to spring break which I thought was really clever. And, but she did it on the window instead of like the mirror in her bathroom. But at night, if the light was on in her room and you like her shade wasn't all the way down. Cause it was on the lower part of like where, you know, you push the lower part of the window up to open. So it'd be on the lower part and she'd have her shade halfway down, but it was all backwards outside. I just always thought it was like super fun. It just looks so weird. Like as you drive up because her room's facing the front of the house. And so you would drive up and she'd be up there, you know, finishing homework and the window would be, you know, up or cracked some and, <laughs> but it's all backwards. And so in her room, it looks super cool. Like when you're standing in that, but when you're driving up the street, it looks like all this scribble all over the window. Like, like if it was a four-year-old's room and not like a 13-year-old's room. So that, okay. I actually relate to that because you've been in my room here and I have like yeah. a handful of like pictures or cute visuals putty to my window right in front of my desk. Cause I wish we used to have, I don't know why they only, sorry, the air conditioning just turned on. And I, wish okay. it was, I don't know if it's okay. I felt like it was really loud for me. Sorry, breaking the fourth wall. Um, <laughs> but I, 
I try not to make it too cluttered because I don't want it to look too much like a middle school locker or something. But I do like my freshman year, they had like a hutch on all our desks. So you could put like things on the back right. and then there's an upper shelf. But now it's just a flat desk with a drawer. So that's nice. We have a drawer, but there's like, I have to structure my desk somehow. And I like when I'm working there, I want something to look at. So, I, you know, my window is behind my desk. So I put a few sure. things behind my little desk organizer that sits there and holds all my stuff. But I don't often see my window from this angle, so it doesn't bug me enough to change it. But when I'm walking out of Taylor's apartment, because the front row of apartments has the right. back doors towards the, towards the back row of apartments, sure. you can see my window from there. And I remember the first time I was like, oh, wow, you can like see into my room and seeing what you could see in my room from that angle. And you can't see like me or anything, but you can see all like just, you can tell that I have things just puttied to my window. <laughs> and that, and yeah. then you can see I have some saint statues sitting on that little white shelf that sits on my desk. And you can see them sticking up and it just... Like from that angle, it looks like a middle school like cluttered desk and like yeah. random papers stuck to the thing. But when you come in, it's like okay, maybe a little bit, but it's still the college, you know, yeah, like dorms-ish living where you just kind of stick things everywhere to make it cute. So I don't know. I think it looks fine, but it was just really funny. Where I was like, oh, that's what it looks like from down here, which you know, only their apartment maybe is looking up there and would see it. So who cares? But it was just right. really funny. Exactly. Like, it just looks know. weird, right? You it know, looks weird. Yeah. So anyway, so that was kind of my funniness with that. And I don't know, it just is different when you think about it that way, I guess. But um, so you want to tell about your crazy, funny story that just happened before you got on? Or did you have a different? Oh my gosh. Um, Well, I was trying to think, I was going to tell you about what we're doing tonight, but I couldn't think of how it was funny. I should have put, I um, I think with all this weather change, I'm getting allergies and my I woke up and my eyes were itchy. I was like, no, I hate this time of year. That's a different thing. Did you see my rub my eyes in this? You need to tell me to stop. Yeah. <laughs> but I, what, I, I was like texting mom and she was like, all right, I'm ready to record. I was like, sorry, I'm running late. I just went to coffee with a friend. Let me pick up food to go from the dining hall. I'll run over. We can start recording. I'll eat in between, you know, while you're talking, I'll have some bites of food. And I go into the dining hall and I have my to-go box and I get all the food. I'm in there five minutes, maybe seven. And it had been sprinkling before that. And I was like, I we have like a half hour, I think, till it starts. Like, because we're, I didn't say, we're in the middle of this huge storm. Like, like all of a sudden, this wintery mix rainstorm came through after like five days straight of Hades. Um, right. It's been super nice. So I was like, all right, I know it starts today, but it wasn't going to start till the afternoon. And I was like, I got to, you know, I have time to get across the street and stuff. Like, I'm a, I'm a block and a half from the dining hall. And I come out and it's poured, like downpouring. And I'm like, I am holding a to-go box. I got a little bit of cereal in a bowl and a drink. So I was like, I can't just sprint like I'm gonna <laughs> spill stuff I was like so I have to fast walk is the fastest I can do because I have to make sure things are steady and so I'm like crap so I text her I was like I'm just gonna see if it like lightens up a little bit because I know we want to record soon and I was like so let me see and you're like well I just checked the radar it's coming across the lake like it's not gonna stop I was like I know but like I'm looking for a not downpour section just a rain section you know so I wait yeah. there for like three minutes and I'm like Okay, and so I go kitty corner to the music building. I just jump. I was like, I'll just, we'll start there. It's gonna be like a puzzle piece. Like when you're playing Clue and you got, you're like, I gotta get into this room to get into this room to do, you know, to use the <laughs> secret passageway over across the board. Like you gotta strategize. So I like run as fast as I can into the music building and I'm like wet. And I'm like, all right, whatever. So I walk through the foyer to the other end because my apartment is on the other end of the music building. And I'm watching because it's a one way street I have to cross. And so I was like, I'm going to watch the light from here so that I know people aren't going to come. Like, I won't have to be dealing with two-way traffic once the light stops. 
I can just run across the street as long as no one turns right and no one was coming to turn right. So it's like, so I stayed in this like airlock of the music building. I waited until the light changed. And then this girl had just run in and I was, and she was like, good luck. I was like, thanks. And so I run across the street around the corner into the apartment. And I was just like, and you're like, are you, you're like, it's not going to stop raining. This is when I saw the text. I was like, I made it. I'm wet. Give me a second to change it to like not wet clothes. <laughs> so I just was like, dang it. I thought I was going to beat it. And then I did it. But. That's funny though. I'm I'm glad that now you're dry and eating and relaxing and we can record and you got all your food that you need. So I'm but. a little sad though, because this week I got to pull out like the tank tops and the shorts and the flip flops. And I was gonna wear this one I have this one really nice um like summer dress not summer dress, like what do you call it? sundress that I I can only wear when it's hot enough because it's it's light enough texture yeah. that I will be cold in it depending on the weather so uh -huh. I really can only use it in the hot hot part of summer but like this week I was like oh I'd be comfy in this for mass tonight and so this morning if I had gone to morning mass I would have been fine in it probably but I'm going but to 5 p.m. mass I was so sad this whole week I got really excited I was like I get to wear that dress because I bought it and then they realized how little I'd be able to wear it because of how not warm it is like I have like it just needs to be hot weather to wear it and sure. so I'm sad. I have to wait longer to wear that, but it's fine. Yeah. So father in our, his homily today was like, well, I hope you enjoyed summer because it's over. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah. And I loved your post online, your story the other day, like only in Michigan would you, yeah, have 80 degrees for five days straight. No, I started with, eyes, I said only in Michigan, would you like, it, spring is struggling to show up because it was trying to be, well, that's what it was, was it? Yeah. And then all of a sudden it's like, okay, now it's summer. We're just going to skip spring, go to summer. And then snow is supposed to come on Monday. Yeah. Like, only Michigan. Yeah. They've already canceled like practice for tennis for tomorrow for Ava. Like they said, oh, snow yeah, and tennis not work. Well, right. The courts will be way too wet. So happy about that. But it is so bizarre to have been down South, like, a week and a half ago and it was like mid 80s like low 80s that whole week to come back to upper 70s to low 80s which was basically warmer than last week than where we were and we had had no rain and then my parents were still down there this week said that it was cooler and rain and now to come back but in some ways I'm okay with it like it's weird because this week in my mind I was like I need to start thinking about planting and about you know the yard and all this and of course we found out yesterday that our air conditioner is broken and all and so in my mind I'm like oh my gosh like now we're we just painted the whole house we're gonna have to replace the air conditioner but then I'm like oh, but it's still only April. Like it's going to mm. cool off. So it's, I'm like, am I okay with this? Yes. It's going to be cold and nasty for like two days, but then it's going to go back to normal average. It's just still like just only the upper sixties here for April. Usually mm. my birthday's in May, mid May and like the average temp then is like 70. So I'm like, usually that's my plan is like, okay, the weather needs to be that good, but that's still like a month away. So in my mind, I'm like, this was a good way to kind of ease back in. Like we came home. It was really nice. It's going to be crappy for a couple of days. And it's supposed to be kind of rainy for the week, but at least then the temperatures will be back. So I'm like, all right, yeah, I, I don't have to be, I'm not behind. I'm, I don't have to have all like my potters like planned out and the yard ready and, you know, different stuff like that. Like, so in that way, 
that's kind of nice, but, um, yeah. And I'm glad that we can fix the air conditioner and it's not like the middle of July. So mm-hmm. it'll be ready to go when we, we need, need it again. Really. Right. When we need it again. So anyway, so that was really interesting. Um, kind of funny, but anyway, so any good Holy spirit moments before we move into our topic today? I got to think because breaking the fourth wall, we recorded yesterday. So <laughs> nice, like, yeah, Grace. Yeah, I, know. I had a huge, but I'm like, Oh, we just, I just talked about this. Like all my Holy spirit moments yesterday. So I know. Cause I was, was thinking just- one when we were putting, when I was typing up to like post the episode that came out today, cause today is still divine mercy Sunday. And I know we had an episode that came out, but just like talking about Easter and transformations and, but now I'm blinking. Cause I was typing that all out to post it. And I was like, Oh, I didn't share about this on the episode. This would be good for the next one. Cause we're still in the Easter season. And mm-hmm. now I'm like totally blanking and I feel bad about that. That I'm totally um, I I have one though while you think. Yeah, go ahead. Um it was just cool. I don't know. I pray I pray a lot about I want to have joy and all of these things. And it's just been cool this week being Easter. I was praying about that this morning or last night. I don't remember specifically. And the Lord just kind of being like, I want to gift you joy this week because this is a holy time with it being Easter. And like me thinking at one point, I was like, I don't know, I've just been in a good mood this weekend. I was thinking in the moment, I was like, Lord, is it like because the weather, like the sun came out, I'm in a good mood. And he's like, what if it's not always just that? What if I'm just gifting you this joy you're always praying for? Like, because this is the time, like, this is the most joyous time of the year. I just watched Father Mark Mary. I texted you this after we recorded, Mom. He talked about Easter and how we need to do the work to receive the gift in this topic that I love of celebrating and how do we do that? And something I still ponder. But he was like, you don't have a Lenten um, octave. We don't have, you know, like this is 10 days longer than Lent and all these things. He's like, we Catholics do Lent really well. And he's like, but we need to be just as dedicated to doing Easter well the way we do Lent well. Right. He's like, if not more so. He's like, just look at how the church sets it up. The church mm-hmm. is telling us Easter is so important. This is what our like whole life is revolving around, which is what we kind of talked about yesterday. But so that was just cool to think about. It's like, of course, this is when you would give me joy because this is the pinnacle right now. This time right. is the most like, right. Like the whole reason of why do we have forty days of Lent but fifty days of Easter? Like just mm-hmm. the significance and putting it in its its proper place. And and I I do love that just idea of like joy being a gift and just really stepping into that. And um, I was talking to someone on a on a coaching call the other day and you know, trying to like with joy and really like sitting with that of we're called to joy in the midst of suffering. So it must be very important. Like there's so many scriptures, like rejoice in the Lord always, not just sometimes. And we've talked about that a lot in here because I just really love sitting with the idea of joy or like uh, the joy of the Lord is my strength or Um, there's just so many scriptures that, you know, when I am weak, you are strong or that doesn't specifically have joy, but so many things about like that in the midst of our suffering, we're supposed to be joyful. And this person who was, you know, really straight, like she was sharing that she was just really, you know, struggling with, with her kids of like her, some of her kids going through some suffering. And I've had that with even some of our kids and, um, and how sometimes I think. 
as people, as humans, we can feel hmm, kind of betrayed, like not like we're betraying either the other person or ourselves when things are hard. Like when someone else is suffering in our life, how isn't being joyful just kind of like contradictory or whatever. And, and these other people we were talking with in this group session at the time, it was like, yeah, but joy isn't happiness. Like it's not, it's not this fleeting moment. It's this, it's this, it's, it's something we choose and we choose to partake in. And it doesn't just mean like rainbows and smiles and giggles all the time. It's this persona of who we are that in the midst of pain and struggle and sacrifice and suffering, there still is joy because there's still faith in the Lord and he is our strength. And we know that he conquers all and not, that's not in the midst of suffering. Sometimes, you know, we know that that's not always comforting as in, Oh, we know that, but that doesn't help. Like it seems like cliche, but I think there is something like just very beautiful about that as like, well, if we do know that though, and it may seem, I don't know, cliche or like not helpful at the time. There should be a type of comfort though in that, you know, and there should be something that if we can be practicing that all the time and choosing it all the time, even if the weather's not great, like you said, or even if I don't wake up and I'm just, oh, happy for today, but I can still rejoice in the Lord always because it is a command to find that and see that joy and and that doesn't mean we we avoid or we push away the other emotions that aren't joyful. We don't like try and go, well, I'm not suffering. It can exist both, like a both and. And I think we can disregard that some when we really should be entering into that. And so I think Easter is such a beautiful time to remember that and be reminded of it and and, and the gift of nature, like what you're saying with weather and things like that, it is easier, but it is in that of that itself is a gift from the Lord of like, this is what I have. I have this awakening of, you know, nature of the colors of the, like, we don't live in a gray world. We don't live in a church that doesn't have smells and bells and pictures and things like the Lord created these things. This is his gift to us to um, we, he gave us all these senses that help us live. And, and I've heard a couple homilies on that just this Easter season of, of just like, see this as gift. Like God knew what we would need to enter in or partake and to touch and to feel and to smell and to hear. And that is itself in nature. And that is itself within the church. And now it's raining here. <laughs> so anyway, so that was just kind of piggybacking on your joy there that it's such a, I don't know, beautiful thing that I think we can sit with that of joy for a long time and go, what does this mean? This doesn't exist solely by itself because it it, it exists within the suffering. It exists within mm -hmm. all areas that we have the ability to choose joy and to see God's fruit and blessing within all aspects of our life, even when it's hard. Mm -hmm. I'm looking right now because you talked about joy and it's not the same as happiness. And I'm trying to find Father Mike. I'm not going to summarize it because Father Mike says it really well. Father Mike Schmidt. So I'm like skimming through the words really quick of a video he put up around Christmas. And it, it's some, I don't know, I'm not going to sum it up, but his definition of joy when I find it, I'm going to read because it's, it's totally that where it's not just this constant happiness necessarily. It's deeper than that. And it's more yes. long-term than that. And 
Yes. I don't know. That's the biggest thing. Can you is talk it- for a second while I keep finding it. Well, no, it's just the fact, I mean, then this isn't even our topic for today. I think it's fun how the Holy Spirit moves in that, but it's not something that's fleeting. It's a choice. Happiness is an emotion that comes and then it goes where joy is a virtue. Like we talk about, it's a gift of the Holy Spirit. It's not happiness, like isn't a gift and a virtue of the Holy Spirit, but joy is. So it's something that Mm -hmm. we can be learned and something that we can be practiced and not just this emotion that is fleeting, you know, joy can be something that we're experiencing even when we're not happy. Like even when there isn't this like welling up, like, yes, it can be that as well, but it's something that is, is practiced and is learned and is, you know, virtuous in that way. And so, um, and we confuse it so often with happiness. Well, I just don't feel that way. And it's like, no, there, it's so much deeper, so much bigger than that. Mm -hmm. You look studious. Like you haven't found it yet though. He's like almost to the part. I'm just, (laughs) he's like, because I know he ends it. He goes, because what is joy? Joy is. (laughs) I'm just really, maybe this is the wrong video. So maybe I'm being anticlimactic. I tried to time this really well. I was like, oh, I'll find the best time she's done talking. He's just, he's talking about, and I've mentioned this before, of like, um, the joy, he talks through the joyful mysteries, and he's like, imagine if you were in all of these situations, you would not feel like happy necessarily. Like, hey, Mary, you're going to have a baby. No explanation. Bye, I'm going back to heaven. You know, like, let's go visit Elizabeth. Like, that was probably a, a joyful encounter. But like, Christmas, having Jesus in a stable, like, the presentation in the temple, um, was like, hi, your, your heart's going to be pierced. Finding of Jesus in the temple. We lost our son for three days. Like, and then we're like, these are the joyful mysteries. And so he's talking about joy and the uncertainty is what it's about. But I don't know. I can't find the definition. It's something along the lines of, um, oh, is he going to say it joy? Because nope. (laughs) I don't know. He finally said the word joy. Are you reading this transcript? Yeah, I'm reading the transcript. Oh, I see. Because I couldn't remember when he said it in the video, but I I knew it was good. It was it's something like joy is just like the ever present like knowledge or ever present awareness of God's presence or of that mm-hmm. like the Lord is in control or something like that. And that's why I didn't want to butcher it because it's he says it so much better. Right. But I can't find where he says it, so yeah. we're just gonna butcher it for today because that didn't go the way I was hoping. But that's okay. Um. That's okay. It was just, yeah, I just want to say, because when you're talking about that, you're like, how can we, how do I be joyful? It's like, joy isn't just this like optimism, like happy go lucky, like, yay, da, da, da. It's like, no, I just know like the Lord's in control and, you know, like it's all going to be okay. And I might not know what that looks like for it to be all okay, but I know if I trust him, it will be. And that this, right. when I look back on this later, this will be good news, whatever happened. It'll be something to rejoice over, even though in the moment it's like, what, you know? And I think that just goes back to the, I don't know, the freedom in that, the freedom in that we can just be joyful with, mm-hmm. in the midst of the suffering, in the midst of the hardship, because we don't have to know. So we don't have to have that all figured out and the freedom of not having it figured out. So I'm just going to choose to know that the Lord is still the Lord and that can be comforting and we can find joy in that comfort that he still is here and he's still in control. And I don't understand that. And I don't see that happening. And I don't 
know what will come of this situation or this time, but I do know that God reigns and God is in control. And through that, through that truth and through that promise, there is joy then because that is, is truth. And that is what I know to, you know, believe and I can have joy in that. And so sometimes when we can talk ourselves through that belief and that mindset, it's like, oh, now I can see how these can both exist. This is a trial. This is suffering, or I'm supporting and walking with this person going through a trial and suffering. But I still know that there's basically there's hope because that's what Christ is. And, and by knowing there's hope because he's redeemed us, he's redeemed the world, he's redeemed the situation that then I can, I can choose joy. And that doesn't mean like, well, I just go skipping along next to my friend who's suffering or, you know, jump up and there's, you know, rainbows and unicorns shooting out because I'm joyful. It's like, no, there's this, just this comfort and this freedom that I I still choose you, Jesus, in the midst of this, I still choose you. And you are, you are my strength. You are the joy of the Lord is my strength. So um, anyway, there's just so much I could say in that, but I think we should move on to our topic today. I don't mm-hmm. know how it can tie into that, but it can. Do you want to introduce our topic, Grace? Yeah. We we're going to talk about like decorating and yeah, decorating, decor, trying to make things beautiful, trying to make your living spaces beautiful and like something we both really love and enjoy. And how is that kind of like we've talked in the past of like of self-care and dressing well, like how these things don't have to be frivolous, how they can be um, living out the extraordinary and the ordinary as well. Um, totally. Yeah, I think intro. I do enjoy it a lot. Um, I don't think it's something I'm really good at always. Not like I'm bad at it and not, and, and it's not at all something I, um, I don't know. It's not like I'm trying to be disparaging in how I talk about myself, but I'm not an interior designer. I guess that's what I was going to say, but no, I, but I love it. how our house looks and how you decorate our house. See, and that's what you you brought this up and and you said like, you're so good at this. And I'm like, that's funny because I don't think of that as a talent or that something comes naturally. But what does come naturally is the desire to do that and the joy of doing it. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So, so I guess, I guess maybe I'm prefacing it that it's not like I have this trained ability or whatever, Mm -hmm. but I, I don't know, like, I think it's cool. I know there's a lot of books out there and I have two of the books of theology of the home, which I've honestly haven't read and have only leafed through, <laughs> which is really bad because I sit down so many times and I'm like, I'm going to read this. Like I was going to do that for Lent this year, even, but then I got stuck in other like spiritual books and stuff like that. And, um, but I've heard, you know, different people bring it up and I think I can even grow and do better. But what I, what I guess I love and what I picked up is that in terms of integrating like religious design and art into your home and your style and your decor. And I think that's the coolest thing about decor is that there's so many different styles. I love going to different people's homes and seeing what they do. I love, um, you know, I'm pretty classic and, you know, I like, I, I like some of the new, you know, modern farmhouse style, but I would say I'm slowly incorporating some of that, but that's not how our houses sign up. I'm like set up. I'm not big and modern and contemporary. Um, Like my mom was much more country style and enjoyed that growing up. And I'm just much more, I would say classic 
not quite traditional, but you know, that type of thing where my husband likes more mid-century modern. So we try to blend some of those ideas, but then even in the midst of that decor and having your personality step out and stuff is bringing in the religious aspect. And I don't know, I've heard in many different aspects, different talks, different podcasts of that. People should enter your home and, and know what's important to you. And so for us, it's really important to have religious art, just uh crucifix in pretty much each room. Um, and then there's stuff like Grace saying that I change out for the seasons and stuff. So mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just, I don't know. I think decor is is fun and it's I don't know. I also am one of those people who like to move around your your rooms. I was just talking to one of my friends the other day. It was interesting. She's like feng shui each room every once in a while. No, no, not at all like that. But I'm just kidding. I get bored. I get bored and I like to switch around and and that's not always feasible in every room. Like I have a room that I'm finally our front living room set up the way I like. And I finally feel like the furniture works in there to the way I like Mm it. So I don't think that will be a room that I switch a ton. But I used to do it a lot, a lot more. Our dining room table, I'll switch because I just get bored. But then I had another friend who's like, yeah, my daughter's always like, everybody always moves their furniture and we never move our furniture in our house. And she goes, in my mind, your room is just set this way. So this is how the furniture works and we keep it. I'm like, see, that's interesting. I think it's fine to do that as well. I, it's like a haircut. When I grow up my hair, it's like, well, I need to change the color because I don't want to cut my hair and I just get bored. Yeah. <laughs> so well, that's like, like when Ava and I shared a room. Like my bed that I would, that I would sleep in, but she likes, she liked my bed so much. So when I was at college, she would sleep in it and let me have it when I was home from college. She liked it in the other corner. And because of the type of bed it was, it was really easy to just push back and forth. So that room would get moved around all the time. So she'd move the dress, the, the nightstand with it and push the bed into the other oh corner and then push it back. And then I think one hilarious. time I was home, it was so funny. She's like, I just like it over here better. And I was like, why? I, I like it over here better. And then eventually we just left it where she put it because... I just was tired of pushing the bed back every time. Well, like, and I, it was because every time you left, like she would switch around the 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 t- the room like yeah. probably three or four times. She moved so many things in that room. Like, little, little th- I come back and I'm like, and I guess this is now how our room is set up. She's like, yeah, I like it this way now. And like three weeks later, I'd be back and it'd be something else. She's like, I got bored of that. <laughs> she's got your she's got your blood in that area. But I don't do it as much, nearly as much as I used to, but I no. do think it's a fun way to spice it up and make it feel different. Like right now we just painted the house in the last like two weeks. And so we're in the midst of like trying to put things, we put a lot of the stuff that we know where we want back on the walls, but probably, I don't know if it's half, maybe not half, like a lot of the big things our painters were great. They're like, leave the nails where you want, especially like we have pictures that are measured out of each of our kids in the same frame in the dining room. And I'm like, those are going back. So we left all those nails in there because we're like, we don't want to remeasure. Like that's a pain. No, in the no, that'd be awesome. um, we have like a collage of all wrap canvas of our family above our fireplace in one of the rooms. We left all those in because we had measured that all out. But some of the other things were like, eh, do I want to leave that there? So I'm trying to look at that with your dad and be like, what do we want to put out? What don't we want to put out? What do we want to switch up? What do we want to put away? Or what do we want to just get rid of? And one of the areas I really am like, we should make this more of like a prayer corner or more displayed. It's like a little nook. And, and the sad thing, it's a little hidden, but like a prayer altar, a prayer corner where that's just what's there. And I don't love that it's hidden, but I also feel like it's a good area and a good use of that. And maybe if we do that, then 
we can move more family prayer stuff over there. So I'm just trying to be, I guess that's what I'm saying, more mindful, more intentional, not just putting something up. Like, what do I want here? Like, I love a lot of stuff of our blessed mother. I love, I love like all those different type of sayings. We don't have a ton of them. I gift them to people, but stuff of the Holy family. I really love that. So it's kind of like, well, how do I express that part of myself? Making that known that that is the heart of our home, you know, and as women, we create that. But I think guys had to have a lot of say in that too, like, cause it is their home. And some of them, maybe they don't care as much, but I like asking my husband, like, do you like this? And he'll just tell me you decide, I really don't care. Or no, I do have an opinion on this or something. So yeah. I don't know, but I like how just choosing to be intentional of like, mm-hmm. not just random why we're doing that. Mm-hmm. Well, and I like, I noticed, I feel like when I went to college, how much I enjoyed that. And maybe a little before that I decorate my room a little bit, but I kind of just had, you know, cute artwork from over the years that I just moved with me every time I switched rooms and I rehung it up or like a poster or something. And then, but then people gifted you a bunch of cute stuff to put up in your dorm and all of this. Sure. And then it was like the first time that you kind of got to recreate, not recreate, but make something homey. That was the first time. I mean, I guess some people do that with their homes at home too, but I hadn't really invested much in that. And it was the first time where it's like, oh, I want to make this feel like my home. And then a lot of people kept gifting me little things. I have so many just little stands with nice quotes or a picture of a saint and blah, blah, blah. And then I started really really loving holy images like whether it's iconography or something else and so now I have way too much of that but I don't, I kind of don't mind and then it's been driving me crazy mom would hear me talk about this I was like I only have a bedroom to put these in I was like yeah for two years straight it was like, I only have a half a dorm to put it in right and then then last year just because I it, it, the, the house I was in like I put a few of my decorations around the house but we all kind of just lived together we weren't like friends so I was like I'm not just going to take over this house you know so I put like a cute, cute like little stand in the corner of like like the corner side table or like the bathroom or something sorry the ac turned back on um but um so i would like but i drive me crazy because i'd have a box of just these beautiful things and either things looked crowded or i just could i had to remember to switch them out because i was like i want to use all these pretty little a lot of them were just small prints or quotes or things like that and a few like magnets are one of my things i like to collect and so i like to like put my magnets out because i that's what I do when I travel is I'll get a magnet from wherever I go. And so mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I can't, I was like, I cannot wait until I have a whole place to decorate. And then I moved into this apartment this year um, and we're all friends. It was a lot more like, yes, let's all decorate the place together. So right. I got to actually put everything out. And But even here, there's some, we have very limited walls. It's a small apartment. And so I'm like, I can't wait till we have even more space because there's so many, there's so many small little like Catholic shops I love of people who are just very creative, like, I like to appreciate creativity and try and like set it up, but I don't, but I get stressed, like, like, um, like decision fatigue from like trying to create something artsy myself. Like I try and do, but it's like, I don't even know where to start. And then I start doing it. I'm like, I don't like that. Like, I don't know. It's just stressful to me, but I really like appreciating it. Yeah. So I, will, I will sit for hours, like scrolling through people's like Etsy's or small shops online for their artwork, because it's just fun for me to like appreciate the beauty they create. In my mind, I have so many prints that I'd want to buy, but I'm like, I have like three or four picture frames. I'm not going to like spend my money and just have these, like these prints just hanging around for me to switch out every few like weeks. I was like, I'll wait until I have more wall space to like put more picture frames up and then I'll fill it with, you know, so like I get antsy sometimes. I just want to 
make a very like I just get ex- I I never saw this like desire in myself until college where I was like I just want to make something homey I want to make it beautiful and I want people to be like struck when they come in and know like the like be like wow this is very beautiful and also know like this is a Catholic household which has been right. cool because this year people have they go in they're like wow this is like you can tell you guys are Catholic this is beautiful because we have the sacred immaculate and chaste hearts of Saint Joseph uh, of Mary Jesus and Joseph up on our wall as soon as you walk in the door Our Lady of Guadalupe in the kitchen. And there's little things here and there too, but like those two things are the big ones where like you walk in and and then we have a statue of Therese and Mary in our living room as well. So I love that, that even if you're not Catholic, you just know we are. And Boucher cracked me up because she didn't know at first that I lived with two other Catholics when they visited a few weeks ago. Oh, really? Saw the artwork like, and she was like, do you live with Catholics? And I was like, yeah. And she's like, okay, because that might've been a little like not kind if you didn't to just take over like and overly decorate our living not overly decorate but it would be it's very obvious that this is Grayson's living room like five year old Catholic living here she's like that one but I was like no we should they're both my my roommates are Catholic but I just love that so people are like wow it's beautiful because we kind of like coordinated our colors a little bit and put that artwork up and like there's still more I'd love to do and like you know it's very plain beige color on the walls it's like it's a college apartment but I like I feel like we've cultivated the space very well. Um, and I think that's a beauty of, um, I know this goes back to like a couple episodes ago, if you haven't listened to our episode on tech. Um, so I'm just going to do a plug for that. You should, because I think what you said, like appreciating the art, even if it's not your style, there's so many small Catholic shops and and that's the beauty of social media is that's how I got into like a lot of Instagram and stuff is to support these local or small artisans that are out there doing this. And they're just trying to, you know, have a small business and, you know, the whole buy local, buy small, like support our, our Catholic and Christian brethren out there. Like if it's Etsy, if it's stuff, but a lot of that is on social media because that's the basis of going. And that's what even I created my whole Instagram account was just Catholic stuff at first. And so I think it's great because that's an area where other people can, like my daughter, Ava can see something and just create it. She's very artistic like that, where she'll have a a picture in her mind and she can just sit down and Grace and I are always like, you were able to do that. Like I wouldn't, I don't have that gift and talent to do that. Oh, I get frustrated. I try to do it because I have an right. idea and then I can't, I don't know how to get it out. <laughs> right. And Ava can, and she's just is gifted in that way, which is beautiful to see. And so I do like supporting people who, who are capable of doing that and create such beauty. And, and I love what you said that people can enter into your space and be like, Oh, like this represents you and your two roommates. And this is what you wanted to do. And just even, I've had a couple experiences of people entering our home that I didn't know they were Christian. They didn't know we were, we've never had, we didn't have that. Like they were strangers. They were just, but they were in our home for various reasons. And then it brings up a conversation. They're like, Mm -hmm. Oh, I just love that. You know, everybody can see that we have six children. Like you're so open to life or the beauty of your large family, or you're just love for Jesus. I had something out. I don't know that not of my clients, but like after a call that there was like either notes or something was written a phrase. And this person came up and was like, I want you to know that that ministered to me so much, just seeing that here. And it was, it was a way of evangelizing where our homes can be like that to others where we're not stating any words. Like they're just seeing that and they're just 
realizing that that is who we are and are part of them, like as they enter into like, oh, this is beauty or this is these people are centered around Christ or they are focused on the Holy family or even how, um, you know, you laugh now that you've moved out. And I mean, you're still here a lot, but still like, like I loved how we did this or that. And I think you're talking more like I, I changed just regular decor. I like, yeah, I you have some seasonal decor, right? I, and love- I meant like the Catholic decor that you, we have that's consistent and some that switches out. Dad has that one frame that he switches between like the divine mercy, the Catherine of Siena. And yep. I think there's one other picture. There's usually the Pope, the, like our uh, St. John Paul II. And, yeah, right, and that just switching out. those things. Or I, I mean, I love to decorate for the fall. I love the fall. It's like my favorite season. And then, you know, Christmas mm-hmm. time, we've talked about different things that I add through Advent, part of preparing that. And, and it just creates this heart of the home. And, and so it's not always, religious but it's adding to that like that there's this warmth and now it's cool to hear how you've grown up and you're like but I love that like that's part of the home that's part of what I want to bring into my home as you know through college and your young adult life and to your you know future family's life of what you want to bring so it's like oh okay good I I guess I've done some of that right like that that they that's a good thing and there's there's something to cultivate here and but I've been really struck by lately just these, you know, two or three encounters where I'm like, wow, like my home has been an example or a witness to that. Or even I do think about that, like who's in my home that doesn't say anything, but that's what they see. And, and they know, mm-hmm. know there's something about something here. They know that there's mm-hmm. something that good. I mean, we, we talk about that where, when you can walk into rooms or places and just be like, there's an uneasy presence here and where you take out holy water or you pray over a space or you take out less salt. Like there are different type of things that I know our Catholic, Catholic faith we do, but even that we can, we can sense when there's something not holy versus entering a sacred space of like, there is something holy and, mm-hmm. and how we can be a witness that way. And what we want that, you know, peace, like my grandmother had like one of those old knockers outside her door that, um, where, you know, lift it and you clank on it. And it was just peace to all who enter here, which is what Jesus said to the apostles that you, you enter, you know, you take and bless the house as you enter it peace to all who enter here. And if, and they, and if they receive you, it will rest upon them. And if not, it'll come back to you as you leave and you shake the dust from your town, like the mm-hmm. dust from your feet of the town, shake the mm-hmm. dust of the town from your feet. Gosh, I can't say that right. Mm-hmm. So that type of thing, just, it, it makes me think of like, what are we presenting there? Or even like on this divine mercy Sunday, when we're recording this, there was a whole talk of one of the local priests around here a, a year or two ago about just having that image and what that image expresses to others who don't even understand it but can see what is being done here. And so I don't know. Yeah. yeah, no, I love it. It made me think I'm, I keep tying this kind of the fashion and stuff. Cause that's something I feel like I also am very passionate about, but I was watching some videos recently and people like, I don't know. I don't completely agree with the statement. They're like, like first impressions are unfortunate, but they're real. And so I don't think they're unfortunate. I think they aren't real. And, and I think there's a reason we have it, but their, their whole point was like, people make a judgment of you the minute they see you and so and so they're like so what is that judgment going to be you decide that by the way that you present yourself to people and the way you walk in a room and the way you dress yourself and I think a house is just like that like people are going to get a first impression of your house and and that can change and develop over time but you are you get to be very intentional with how you present your house how you present your space how you present yourself 
you decide what that's going to look like. And that's not, I feel like that's not frivolous. Like when people are like, oh, that's so frivolous. It's like, no, that's very important because the way you start off on a good foot with someone, like that's just going to get you going in the right direction. If you start with a good first impression and then that's where friendship can go deeper and relationships can go deeper and things like this, when you have a welcoming presence, either as a person or in your spaces, like that's very important, you know, like. Right. And I don't want to get into that, you know, your house always has to be spotless or your oh, house. No, that's not what I'm saying. Right. But we're talking I'm, about something very different in terms of, you know, just like when you meet someone, you might feel like you're not all put together, but how you look that person in the eye and how you shake their hand is just like your house might not be all put together, but when somebody comes in, like everything could be mismatched, everything could be whatever. I mean, it goes into decor and your home goes right into hospitality. Right. And, and how well, I even think when I walk, yeah. And I even think when I walk into like a big family's house and it might be messy and covered with toys. You also still see the intention behind how like you can see the bones of the house and how it's set up and like what's on the walls and things like that. Even if toys and like laundry's all over the floor, then you go, this is a joyful house because right. there's kids who are all it's over the place and there's, and there's things that are moving and the laundry's being shuffled through, but you can just see it's not like, it doesn't feel scattered and unpeaceful. Like the, like the people running the house haven't even put any thought into running their home. It's like, okay, yes, of course, life, life, happens and so life gets messy and cluttered but there's still you can see the intention and the bones underneath it and like you know I don't know I've been like I'm like I'm a babysitter so I've been to a lot of messy family homes but you can still see like the intention of this is a joyful home for us though just in the way they present it and it's deeper than just the you know what you put on the walls and stuff and right and and I love how you're saying it's like no this isn't a frivolous thing this isn't a Mm, I don't know what's the other word even like a a vein it's not vanity we're talking no. about how this is just an ordinary thing your home and now you're making it through what you're trying to evangelize portray be about you've now made it extraordinary you've taken something like that and and there's a purpose and intentionality to it that you're not just letting go lightly and mm-hmm. it's not associated with vanity it's associated with holiness and, and not that, you know, religious art and everything throws up in your house, but no, there's a purpose and intentionality, a focus, a warmth, a welcome. What I love how you say that, like the house could be totally chaotic and nothing's put together, but you see the bones and you see the joy and you see the life and the intention of it. I think that's mm-hmm. a beautiful example of mm-hmm. exactly what we're talking about. Yeah. So yeah, that's another way I like to try and live extraordinary and ordinary. And one, I'm excited to be able to do more of as I older and well I just think it's so interesting I'm I'm glad you brought this up because I think it's cool that that's what you see of of our home and what and what you've lived and that's seasonal decor is something I'm excited to get into too because I just haven't yeah it hasn't made sense for me to invest in that because I've had so little space but I have like ranch it's so funny like the random things people gift you like a cute little Noel sign or like Christmas sign or I have a few little fall decor things I've been gifted but it's it, all my seasonal stuff is things that I've been gifted during different seasons. And so like, right, I had stuff for like Thanksgiving, Christmas, and just general fall. That's it. And so I still, there's like one spot on a little cork board that I kept changing out because it was all little hanging signs that I had. And so I uh-huh. changed it for fall, Thanksgiving, and Christmas. But then I was like, it's going to be empty if I just take it down. It's a sign that says Noel. And so it's been up since Christmas because I was like, you know what? 
this is the time in life when I can get away with that. We can put random things <laughs> on the wall. It doesn't matter if it's the wrong season. And I don't want to take it down because it'd be empty there. And I don't have another seasonal thing to put up there. Sure. Like, it's just funny. So that's, that's something I'm looking forward to. Investing yeah. More well, and, and some of it, like you said, it's gifted. Like the reason we start out with so much Christmas stuff is that our anniversary is a week before Christmas. And so, yeah. so many of our Christmas gifts not that it was on our registry but just that people were like oh, your wedding gifts yeah they were our wedding gifts. Christmas gifts oh sorry our wedding gifts yeah were Christmas decor and you know so it, it is a lot of gifting and they're easy things to gift and mm-hmm. I think you see that too when you're when you are in somebody's home and then you're later maybe you're getting them a gift because I don't know they're a friend or housewarming or I don't know thank you for something it's a way, it's a beautiful thing to be able to do. And I always think it's fun when people Mm -hmm. see that, like, that was something my mother-in-law saw for a long time. She started giving me snowmen. I got into snowmen because of her, but then I was like, oh, this is great. I mean, that's not holy, but it was a nice way to be welcoming home because of that. Mm -hmm. And it was nice because it wasn't just Christmas. Mm-hmm. So you can put can away Christmas and Advent, but you could keep it up. Right. So yeah, we have so many snowmen. I love it. I now love we do. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I loved it. But so. that's what I've grown up knowing is snowman decor where mom's like, go get all the nutcrackers and you know, like the Santas and all that, but leave all the snowmen out. We've got that for another few months. Like, right. Exactly. Yeah. So it's kind of nice, but anyway, hopefully this was interesting and people yeah. enjoyed it. And I like just talking about everyday life. How do you make extraordinary the ordinary and that's what we're mm-hmm. all about here on this podcast so mm-hmm. yeah you have all that's the things good. grace yeah check out our instagram facebook and email us at thanks on podcasts we're on all the podcast platforms we would love it if you would subscribe rate or review it helps promote us um yeah, yeah that's all our things go ahead mom and all the uh sorry blanked on that because I was going to repeat what you just said but no if you're looking for any speakers or want to go more in depth with coaching I'm around and available at christinambrown.com uh, you can email me at christina at madeforgreatness.co my instagram handle is christina underscore underscore m underscore underscore brown or christina brown on facebook and we're just so happy you're here we're hope that this struck you or struck a chord and as always like share us like grace said if pass it along text this to episode to somebody it's great to grow small podcasts um, into larger ones just by word of mouth it goes a long way or leave us a lovely review anyway we hope you join us next time on the thanks mom podcast thanks mom